1: So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV.
0: Welcome to The Mismatch, I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me on this Thursday afternoon post-trade deadline is Kevin O'Connor from TheRinger.com, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Climer, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'blizarian, Kevin O'Killian,
1: Kevin O'Berno! What did you think, man? How was deadline day for you? You having fun? David were already gone. What a dud. What a dud. <laughs> this is a
0: dud of a trade deadline day. Yeah, Look. Big time dud. But for Big you, time. I got to be honest. I thought we were going to come on this camera and I was going to see swollen eyes. I thought I was going to see a red face. I thought I was going <laughs> to see a man that has been moaning and grieving for the last four hours. And you look, you look good as ever, Kevin, unfazed. By the news of the day. And I gotta tell you, they did just super dirty, right in the middle of trade deadline, while everyone in the free world is locked in on NBA transactions. Out of nowhere, those dirty pistons say they've waived Killian Hayes right when everybody's paying attention to everything going. See, this happens in a day or two. It's kind of just Flies by, but instead, right in the middle of the the entire NBA world and all the fans' attention, here it goes. And then it leads to the memes and then it leads to the jokes. And a lot of people made jokes at your expense. A lot of people made jokes at Killian's expense. And I want to say that when I read the Killian Hayes camp, asked for a change of scenery. And the Pistons said, How about the bus stop? I didn't laugh at it. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't laugh at that tweet.
1: When they said
0: yeah. Killian Hayes' camp asked for a change of scenery, and the pistons said, How about lifetime fitness? I didn't laugh at it. Because you're my friend. And that's why. <laughs> This is the best day ever. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, I mean, you, you did you did say to me, Chris, my eyes don't look puffy at all. Um, when the news <laughs> broke, I was in the middle of of uh, listening to my my playlist, my one hundred percent good songs playlist on Spotify, and "Purple Rain" by Prince was the song playing <laughs> as the news broke. <laughs> It's just never gonna the guitar, cause you and problems. the guitar solo was like literally about to kick in when I got the bomb on my phone, and yeah, there were some tears, a little bit of sadness, a no. little bit of uh you know anger when I saw old takes exposed pop up, and a little bit of resentment against those <laughs> oh
0: old oh, takes is a tough one,
1: <laughs> a little bit of resentment against the pistons for doing doing me dirty like this. It hurts, Chris. Dirty,
0: dirty. And I said, I, I said to one of my buddies, I said, look, man, I promise you, nobody is built for it to take this more than Kevin is. And I said, and honestly, I said, the only, the only bad thing about it was that he had him one. If he had him two, nobody ever cares. You know, nobody sits around and goes, Oh, you like James Wiseman, right? A lot of people had James Wiseman number two in that draft though less, right? A lot of people had James Wiseman. Some people had James Wiseman number 1 and nobody ever beats him up over it. <laughs> but the you you went out on a limb. You went out on a limb and the limb broke and now Killian's waved.
1: Hey, I, and, mean, look, I mean, look, we've talked about this on pods like me, I think me and Kyle man talked about it on the draft show. You and I might have talked about it. We've definitely talked about it too. I mean, I think like with LaMelo, with Anthony Edwards, those guys should have been ahead of Killian. No shit. Should have, have Tyree, Taliburton and a whole <laughs> bunch of others. Um, about thirty guys should have been ahead of him. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams, a lot of people around the league, including Detroit, they had him in their top three, their top five. And I, I don't think a lot of people could have anticipated that he would be such a, a, a bum on offense. Um, hopefully, hopefully for Killian's sake, he lands in a situation. Where he's able to fix his jumper, whether it's with the Spurs or the Thunder or somewhere overseas, go to the Dante Exum School of of improving your three point jumper. And because if he improves his three point jumper, you can be a serviceable NBA player. When he's a good defender, he's a good passer, he's a good decision maker. He just sucks as a scorer, and I think he's got like some confidence issues as well. So it's unfortunate. Um. Everybody's got their dra- draft whiffs, their draft mistakes. It's kind of cool to we're have. We're
0: swearing off French guards. French guards, done. We're done with them. sure. After well, nilakina I mean, I... in this one, you're done. You're swearing them yeah, off. I'm,
1: I'm done with French guards. Not not done with French players, but I am done with French guards. Uh, there's plenty of French players in this upcoming draft, but they're none of them are guards. <laughs> and we need big th- ones. It's kind of cool big for ones. me personally. To, it's kind of cool to have like such a public miss. Because it becomes a conversation starter <laughs> with a bunch of people around the league, where you just talk about like why you missed on certain guys, <laughs> your biggest whiff you've had. It's I don't know. It's been kind of fun, like privately to have those conversations. Publicly, I don't really care. It's just it's kind of it's a it's a fun joke you know. to kind of to kind of have fun with.
0: I did see some. I, I in all seriousness, I saw some, one very measured analysis of it, and and it said that the biggest problem with Killian Hayes is that
1: he's ass. <laughs> who said that? Troy Weaver, <laughs> or was it Arntel? Because I'm, 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 I'm not because I'm not really sure who makes da- the decisions there. The Dallas the that he's
0: ass yeah. <laughs> he's ass. Um, all right. Detroit well, about the man, trade- line, the tra- trading
1: trading kind of away Bogdanovich, trading away Alec Burks. That that team is going to be even worse second half of the season now. But those are some good acquisitions for the Knicks, especially with that OG OG anobi. The team's going to be about five hundred thousand times more fun.
0: Yeah. Did you see Jaden Ivey's Instagram post?
1: Yeah. The, some the, of the second Bible verse. Killian
0: Hayes got waved. Yeah.
1: The no. Bible verse. He posted he a
0: picture of him and Cade Cunningham together.
1: No, he posted a Bible verse as well. He posted. Well. He posted a Bible verse. Let me no, read it. He posted
0: you. a. It was him and you Cade Chris, Cunningham Chris, standing together. you can't just together. be looking at
1: photos. You got to read the captions, Chris. Hi, right, come on. <laughs> the Bible, the Bible verse is, "Uh, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up." Uh, that's the photo of him and Cade Cunningham. So, see you later, Killian. It's me and Cade. Says so yeah. Jade and Ivy. That's the uh, the translation of that Bible verse. Galatians six right. nine for what it's worth. Nice.
0: Golly,
1: Kevin. Galatians. What? Galatians.
0: Galatians. Let me
1: seconds. redo that. Let me, let me let me give me another one. <laughs> Galatians no. six You don't nine. get to do that. You, <laughs> you don't get to redo that. <laughs> You grew up in the cell. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know anything about the Bible. I went to Catholic high school. All right.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. When this was not a super fun draft uh, uh, draft day uh, trade deadline day. There wasn't big stuff that went on, but there were some <laughs> things that could move the needle. What? You like Gallatin's? Yeah, Gallatin's. good, yeah. Daryl right. Morey. There were some things that could move the needle. When you think about trade deadline day, the first team that stands out to you
1: <laughs> is... The Lakers not making a move, for sure. Um, the Warriors not making a move. I think some of these bubble West teams with the veterans on there that you could come up with a lot of reasons why they should overpay. I think the Warriors did try to overpay. For Alex Caruso, the Bulls, are they're another ass team as well. They didn't want to take an overpayment of Moses Moody I'm going to see them in person tonight. The Bulls? Go tell them. Yep. Let them know for me. Uh, and the Lakers and Warriors, I think they're the two teams that stand out the most with their lack of movement. Uh, but ultimately, I do think this deadline, the moves that we did see, that, that's there's a reason why we didn't see any big moves. Nobody was moving big-time players. Um, so I think for the Lakers, they're just holding on for, like we said, this offseason to make a bigger move this summer. And whether it's Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young or whoever the star is, and then for the Warriors, you know, uh, I mean, maybe maybe they'll continue to trend a little bit up with Draymond Green back uh, on an every-night basis. Are the Knicks the big winners or the Mads? I mean, they're both winners in their own respective ways. I think the Knicks, considering that OG and an OB injury right now for the next three-ish weeks, according to Woj, that definitely makes that Bogdanovich and Burke's acquisition more helpful in the short term. But I, I'll tell you what, man, like that Knicks rotation, they got, once, once all their guys are back, including Mitchell Robinson, they got 10 or 11 guys. Playoffs, you're playing eight or nine. I, tra- so t- I tried to write down lineups. It's tough, right?
0: Brunson OG Bogdanovich, Randall Mitchell Robinson. And then you've got Burks, DiVincenzo, Hart, Precious, and Hartenstein. And that's not even including McBride. So, yeah, to your point, I mean, it's at least 11. At least 11 that they've got. So, I mean, that is a good, solid, deep team. Also enables you to withstand injury, which they're going to have to. They've been playing without Randall. They've been playing now without OG. They will continue to play without Randall and OG. And you're still able to put out a product that can win yeah. on a regular basis when you're this
1: deep. So certainly when and they didn't they didn't give up anything that matters. I know. They were the Knicks retain all of their first round draft picks. Like that's crazy. And they get OG Ananobi, Bogdanovich and, and Alec Burks and all these guys this season. They still keep all their first and they because they gave up players, obviously with the OG deal. And players here, too. Quentin Grimes is a good player that the Pistons are getting. We know Grimes can be a 3-and-D guy at a minimum. We know he can do that. But now maybe Detroit can feed him some more touches and on-ball opportunities over the course of the remainder of the season, like the Knicks did over the last 9, 10 games of last season when Grimes was like a 20-point-per-game guy for a short stretch, which is why I think for Detroit it's probably a little bit bittersweet to see Grimes go. Um, but it seems like he just fell out of favor with Thibodeau and Burks and Bogdanovich add some dyna- dynamic scoring next to Brunson, next to Julius Randle once he's back. I think with Divincenzo's Chenzo's success on that team, it's kind of a, a preview of what it could look like for Bogdanovich and Burks um, with them being a guy who can go off on any particular night. Well, and in, with the Grimes case, they got a better player. OG
0: Ananobi's a better player, and that soaks up. In the Tibbs world, 43 of 48 minutes. <laughs> so yeah. there's just not there's not enough wing minutes to go around once you added Ananobi into the mix. But Grimes is a player for him. He was. They just, man. Uh the other one, so the Knicks stand out because they gave up Grimes, Malachi Flynn They got off that Fournier contract after Fournier requested a trade 10 years ago. Um, Archie diacono a couple seconds, as you mentioned. Um the Mavs seemed like the other winner to me. I like the Gafford fit a lot. Uh, I like the P.J. Washington fit, and obviously the Grant Williams fit did not work. Uh, one of their free agent acquisitions that you and I were both a fan of um, reminds me a little of, you remember when, remember when we kind of thought that it was nice for Cleveland to get Jay Crowder? And then it just didn't work with LeBron. Like, Jay Crowder just being a stand in the corner, right, wait for it, then knock down threes kind of guy. It, it, It's not what he was. It's not how you get the best out of him. And also then you've probably, it, it's just not the, the best of fits. And I kind of feel that way about how the Grant Williams thing worked as well, that you're not going to be able to get the best of Grant Williams playing how, the type of players they need to go around Luka, but I think they found, you know, we'll see on the P.J. Washington shooting front, but certainly Gafford fits that mold of, all right, now I can play off pick and roll and I finish everything at the rim and I never take bad shots. Like, Dan Gafford knows exactly what he is and doesn't play outside of it, and so he'll set the screen, rush to the basket. Lob it up. I'm going to try to rebound everything. And I'm going to try to finish everything you throw up high in the air. And so having him and Lively for those 48 minutes, I uh, whenever you know they get Lively back full force, I think is, uh, I like this for the Mavs. I
1: really did. And I thought this makes them better. The Mavericks came out as big winners today, for sure. You, you nailed it with Gafford backing up Lively once Lively does return. Lively's proven to be injury-prone so far, so Gafford might be a big minutes guy for them. They both fit the the lob the lob construct that Luca loves to have in the pick-and-roll partner. But P.J. Washington, in, those, in his own way, can be a very interesting two-man guy as well. P.J. Washington is good at rolling to the basket. He can short roll, make plays off the dribble, make the right pass, dribble into a finish. Or, I mean, he can be a lob guy, too. He's He doesn't have the verticality of Lively or Gafford, but he can catch a lob for you. He can spot up from three. He's like a 37 38% guy on open three-point attempts. He's going to have a heck of a lot of those with Dallas compared to what he had with Charlotte. So I think with P.J. Washington, there's a chance here we see the best version of him that we've ever seen on offense because he's not going to be asked to do a lot and he's going to have a guy serving open o- shot opportunities for him on a pl- on a silver platter so we know he can be a guy that can go off we know he can get hot and score 30 he's we've seen him have 40 bombs before so i think with pj washington he's an upside ad and a guy who raises their floor because of what he can provide offensively and defensively too with the versatility if lively's out and you got Gafford out there. You can play P.J. Washington as more of that versatile perimeter guy, but you can also use him as a small ball five in spurts. Last year with the Hornets, when he was playing with full-throttle effort, playing for a contract, playing for an opportunity, he was way better defensively than he has been this season. He is I don't think he's been that good defensively at, at watching the Hornets this year. But last year, to me, is more indicative of Of what the Mavericks should be expecting as a guy who is an active at rim helper, he can provide you know shot blocking inside. He can provide switchability on the perimeter. So Dallas is getting a really interesting two way piece that for for the first time is going to be playing in high level competitive basketball games in the NBA. So I'd be I'd be you know super super excited if I were a Mavericks fans today with that with the two acquisitions they had. Yeah, me too.
0: And and again. Not giving stuff up.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a great great trades.
0: Yeah, we look at the Knicks, we look at the Mavs, and they're the ones that particularly stand out. We didn't give anything up that has been helping us become, what, you know, what we are right now, and yet we're now able to add these guys into the mix. And so, yeah, good job by both those teams. Couple of them were pretty confusing as we go through the rest of the trade deadline.
1: For what it's worth, Dallas did give a first round pick for the PJ Washington deal. Just so they did give something. And Grant Williams is a, is a good player. He just hasn't been a great fit with Dallas. So they they did give something. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm 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 only
0: talking about like that t- for this season. Like what is helping me this season? And if you're bailed on the Grant Williams thing, that is, for sure that's a future asset. I'm talking about making me better right now.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, I understand.
0: Am I losing anything off of my team that is going to hurt me possibly? And in the case of both of those teams, I don't view it like nothing is going to hurt you now. Made made down in the future. If the P.J. Washington thing doesn't work out, then maybe you end up regretting giving up the pick. But I don't think they're going to regret giving up Grant Williams because they had already bailed on that quickly,
1: then decided that that wasn't going to work. From the Charlotte side of that as well, I mean, it's a it's a good return. We talked on the show last week about how maybe you keep P.J. Washington, but I'd be satisfied with that for him in return because Grant Williams could maybe he ends up working out there next to Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams. I mean, in theory, he does fit all of those guys. Um, so I, I like it from the Charlotte side and getting a first-round pick in the future. Uh, I think it comes out as a win for them.
0: Of the other things that happened on the trade deadline, what happened to Buddy Heald's value?
1: He's an upcoming free agent.
0: Okay. Not one that you can't... I mean, people still trade for upcoming free agents that they want to sign in the offseason. It happens literally all the time. Pascal Siakam just got traded for... Uh, Pascal Siakam's an upcoming free agent.
1: I don't know this for a fact, Chris, obviously. Um, this is something that I have to be like deeply back-channeled. Uh, or it's your risk tampering, but the Sixers have a ton of cap space. And may, maybe that there's some indication from the Indiana side of things that Philly's the team for him. That's always possible, but that mm. could deflate value there. Maybe Buddy himself said, yeah, you know what, I want to go to Philly. And maybe that'll be revealed that this is the team he he indicated to the Pacers that he wanted to go to. Because I do think he was worth more than this. I'm with you there. This is, he's worth more than what they got. But the second round picks that they got aren't bad necessarily. They get three second round draft picks. Uh, like one of them's an early second rounder, I believe this year. And I know people talk about, oh, this draft sucks and all that. It doesn't suck in the middle of the, in the middle of the draft. Um, so you get an early second via the Raptors this year. You get two distant future seconds, one from the Blazers in in 2029, one from the Clippers in 2029. That's a long ways from now, but you do get an early second this year, pretty much equivalent to first round pick value in my opinion. I think I think you can look at it one of two ways: either he wanted to go to Philly, or they just viewed this as like a pretty good value pick and return that they get in the in the immediate, and then two you know potential you know mystery boxes in the future. I I I tend to lean towards the latter that this is actually pretty good value, getting three seconds instead of just one first in a draft where it's not too different if you're 22 or you're 37 with where you're picking. It's certainly
0: possible that word could have gotten around like, hey, don't trade for my guy because I just look at it and I go, every year, every team that loses in the playoffs, every one of them, whether it's the first round, second round, or when we get to the semifinals and the finals, every one of them when they come and do their postseason press conference, say, we need more shooting. Every one of them. When they lose, they say, we need more shooting. And so here's one of the best shooters in the entire NBA. I just, I just figured the value would be greater, especially if I'm trying to go win a title. Like, That's what that guy does. Whatever his faults are, the guy can shoot the shit out of the ball. And obviously, kind of falling out of favor there in uh, in Indiana, and that's fine if they were going to move him. I just, I just find it hard to believe that that was the best the best deal they could get for him. But let's see the here and there. Maybe ends maybe up
1: with maybe, maybe. Well, Chris, here's the thing though. Here's the thing: like you also needed the they got an expiring salary back in Morris, so not only did they get a. The early second round draft pick, like what team in the late first round had a a first to give and an expiring salary, and they had a need for a shooter. You you could argue that maybe the Pacers just should have kept Healed and went into free agency, um, but I mean for them, I think they look at it like we have Benedict Mathurin, uh, we need to we need to invest in him. Would would we really want to sign a heel to twenty plus million dollars annually? I I think it's a better. Return Lee Smith been great. Neesmith, too. I, I think it's a better return for Indiana than um, it appears on paper, just because I, I don't think the market was actually out there for him.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I, 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 again, I will accept that. I just am surprised by that when every team seemingly needs shooting. And they turned around and went and got Doug McDermott. <laughs> so they went and got another guy that could shoot.
1: Thank goodness, so, thank goodness the Spurs didn't get back T.J. Right. McConnell on that McDermott deal. Bill, Bill would have been all over Why? Well, because earlier in the year, I, I was saying to Bill, you're crazy. The Spurs should not trade anything for T.J. McConnell. <laughs> it's, it's like, don't do it. It would have been hilarious if they ended up getting McConnell.
0: Oh, so you were waiting for the details of that trade. Like, please, God, please let it not be T.J. McConnell. Yeah.
1: Please. Yep is putting the ball in your court for the rest of the NBA season because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 200 bucks if your bet wins. Bet on the NBA with a wide range of bet types including quick bets, live same-game parlays, player props, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash mismatch and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21-plus in in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ringer.com slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issues and non-drawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. C terms and sportsbooks at Fandle.com.
0: Yeah, Doug McDermott back to uh, the Indians. Look, Doug McDermott can shoot, too. He's looking for a guy that can knock down shots. A guy can still knock down threes. Um, What do you think about Oklahoma City getting Gordon Hayward? Give up, uh, you know, the Bertons contract, Trey Mann couple other uh, assets, but nothing that was, you know, playing significant minutes for them and acquire Gordon Hayward. Do you like
1: this deal? Gordon Hayward to the Thunder could end up being one of the most important acquisitions of the day. And the reason why is because of the versatility he's going to provide in their rotation. He can either be a, a bench ball handler, a guy behind Shea Gildas Alexander who can help run the offense and facilitate things, or B. He can be that fifth guy on the floor who provides a different look than Josh Giddy. Giddy has improved as a shooter this season, but he's still not a knockdown guy. Gordon Hayward in no way, in no way is an elite shooter, but he's a better shooter than Giddy. So he can still provide some of that connective passing ability that Giddy has provided in that kind of spot up role and that it, it, next to SGA, next to Chet, next to Jalen Williams, but he can provide better shooting, more experience. And I think that type of versatility and that Thunder rotation could could boost the types of lineups that Mark Dagnall can throw out there and the, with the way he can structure his rotations depending on the matchup, depending on how Giddy's shot develops. Uh, Gordon Hayward, this is an opportunity for him to improve his own, his own stock too in this situation because he doesn't need to do a lot uh, to make a positive impact.
0: Here's the one thing I'll say about it is it's not, We talk about this a lot when it comes to the playoffs. It's not always about the individual numbers that a guy puts up as much as what he can provide a team regarding the way they play offense. And I look at it and I say, look, if Hayward can stay healthy and he can play minutes for you, the Giddy thing. It's going to be a situation that they get into when they're playing high-leverage basketball and people just do not stand out there with Giddy. So now you're more crowded for SGA because my guy is now standing at the free throw line rather than out at the three-point line. And if Gordon Hayward could just be a guy that when he is out there, he has to be guarded all the way out to the three-point line, teams aren't just going to be able to cheat off him, teams aren't going to be able to leave him. Now, that just by him being there and being guarded all the way out there, just by his presence, all of a sudden, it makes SGA and everything else they're doing, so much easier to manage. I'll give you, for instance, last year, you saw it when Memphis got into the playoffs. They're playing against the Lakers, and they just acted like Dylan Brooks had SARS. They just can't get farther away from him. And yet when they brought in Luke Kennard, all of a sudden, now you've got all these guys. Now the lane's starting to open up because now everybody, you can't have four guys standing with a foot in the lane and then doing a, a closeout that you don't even really want to close out on because you'd rather have these guys shooting. But as long as you've got somebody out there that can space the floor out, it ends up making your best players better. And so I look at it and say, man, if Gordon Hayward could just stand out there, knock down a reliable amount, but more importantly, just be guarded all the way out to the three-point line, that's, that's where SGA is an impossible one-on-one guard. You've gotta make him see two. And to me, at least Hayward makes it so you can play where he only has to see one and then now you're now you're cooking with grease. That's how I'd look at it. But he's always hurt. <laughs> he's always hurt.
1: It's a perfect acquisition for them because he, he helps now, but also he's an upcoming free agent, so they have flexibility there. You either can enter the offseason right. with cap space. Or you can enter the offseason deciding, yeah, we'll re-sign him to number X. And then that X number could be the deal that you end up flipping for a star in the future using your big pile of draft picks that you have. That could be a very valuable contract in that sense. So it's like a nice short-term deal for Oklahoma City, but also a potentially very valuable future deal. And I think with them, like I'm working on doing my power rankings that'll be up soon on the ringer. Okay, see, like championship power rankings. How how high would you have them? Like I have them penciled in currently at 3rd with my championship oh, power rankings. Ridiculous. Is that premature with their youth? Can is they it, win a playoff series first? Sure. Yes. it's It would be unheard of for the youngest team in basketball to go all the way to the finals. But this team is is an outlier in terms of they have an MVP top five candidate in SGA. They have another all NBA caliber talent in Jalen Williams. They have Chet Holmgren, who's a an all, defen- uh, all defensive team candidate. They have so much depth and versatility. They have one of the best coaches in the league and Mark Dagnall. Why is it unreasonable at this point? They're one of the best teams in basketball today. They're uniquely positioned to have success in the postseason with their versatility. Why, why not have them that high?
0: Because we pay attention to the history of the NBA, and the history of the NBA tells you that you've got to go in and you've got to take your lumps. You're going to be going up against veteran teams. You're also going up against a team. You're going to be going up against teams with a bunch of size. That is going to be the one thing that really can bother them is when it turns into more of a half-court basketball game, there's going to be some volleyball played on the boards against some of these bigger teams because they can't match up size-wise. And so they have to use their advantage. And the other thing is just being through it, being through that level of intensity, being through the game planning for one team and all of your weaknesses Get exposed literally all of your weaknesses. That's something that is learned because those guys, what happens is you go, you take your lumps, you lose, and then you go back and you say, All right, now when they are focused on me, when it's not a one off, when they focused on me, here's what I couldn't do. And then you go and fix that's why it takes a while. That's why all of these teams, even the best teams, even the team that we are celebrating still as reigning champions, the Denver Nuggets. And we come in here every year, we talk about taking your playoff scars. That's the way it works. So when you say, why not? That's why. Because we've seen all kinds of great young teams burst on the scene. They still have to, they still catch their scars. It's never an easy road. And most of the time, it's pretty tough. They might, I mean, I'm not saying they can't win a
1: series, but I'm saying by the time you get to the second round and you're down to four teams. But here's the thing. I have them behind Denver. I have them behind the Clippers. Is it that unusual, like uh, like unreasonable to have them ahead of the Timberwolves, ahead of the Suns with all their defensive concerns, ahead of Lakers, Mavericks, Pelicans? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, would you really put any of those teams ahead of the Thunder despite their youth in the West? Again, you're not asking
0: me about where they should be ranked in terms of their strength right now. You're asking me where they should be ranked in terms of their... Yes, yes, I would have them below those. Ahead of all of them? In terms of winning the championship. All of them. I mean, Minnesota, Phoenix, and Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I would say those teams have a better chance. And that is not... Being disrespectful to Oklahoma City. I mean, look, everybody comes here. I think, I I think with,
1: it might be. I think you're underrating them personally. I do to ask them to win a playoff series first. I
0: think I before think, I'm a hardcore believer that they can win a title.
1: Totally understandable what? based off what are, of are we history, talking about? But, but do you do you at least agree that for a young team that has never been through it? They are uniquely deep with top end talent and with just quality players across the roster with lineup flexibility and with a great coach. Like, they, yes, they haven't been through it, but they are unique in that sense. Do you agree with me there, though? For a young team, they are unique in that sense, right?
0: They are unique and they've got a great player for sure.
1: Multiple great players.
0: Slow down. Slow down on great. Okay, they we'll they've see. got an all NBA player. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I did I just see, see the All Stars announce that they have three All Stars and I missed it? Slow down on great. Like let them develop. And here's the thing: you could say all this and you could build it up, and then if they get the number one seed and the Lakers get eight, you'll pick the Lakers. End of
1: story. No, you will. No, I wouldn't. Yes, no, you I wouldn't. will. Yes, no, I you will.
0: I would not pick if the Lakers over the Finals. Mark my words. Mark my words. If they get one and the Lakers <laughs> get you, eight, I you will pick the Lakers. I
1: yes, would, would not
0: pick the Lakers. Wait I till it gets
1: there. I might pick say, the Thunder and oh, go well, to the Finals. No. Who knows? No, you won't. I might. Come on. Come i, I on. consider. We'll see how the season finishes. I might. We talk, we talk about. We talk about concerns that teams have, like Clippers' health. Of course, I'm picking the nuggets to go to the finals today, but Clippers' health, Suns' defense, Timberwolves' endgame offense, up and down the line. Every team in the West has concerns. For the Thunder, the concern is they're young. That's the concern. They're young. They don't have experience. How will the fatigue build over the course of well, the game? And, these and young rebounding.
0: Guys?
1: I told rebounding, you and too. rebounding.
0: Yes. Like, that's a big thing when it comes to the playoffs. It Possessions is. Possessions go down. The other team has the ball more, a lot more. When it comes to the playoffs, because you're,
1: they're playing volleyball on the backboards. like That's the other thing. Rebounding would be the biggest concern against the favorite, which is Denver. Against Minnesota, of course, it, like it could be an issue as the series goes seven games. But I still think the Oklahoma City Thunder could beat Minnesota in a series for sure. I do. They have two of the best ISO scorers in the league in SGA and Jalen Williams. They have um, incredible versatility and lineup depth. I I think Oklahoma City is a real threat. They
0: don't have Rudy Gobert? (laughs) Of
1: course they don't. (laughs) There's only one team with Rudy Gobert, the Minnesota Timberwolves, number one defense in the league, with the best defender of this generation.
0: (laughs) And you just picked them to lose to the team that's never won a... Again, I'm just like, you just got to prove it. They're a great story. Fantastic season. Great team. Playoffs are a different deal. You got to go to the playoffs and you got to
1: win in the playoffs. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I get it. I understand. But it's not like we haven't seen a former Oklahoma City young team go very far before as well. They didn't win at all. They lost. They got destroyed in the finals, actually. But that young KD, James Harden, Russell Westbrook team did make a deep run, they did make a finals, and it was a preview of their success to come. They never ended up winning at all, but they did sustain success and have a lot of deep runs and a lot of success together. And so, With this OKC team, yes, they have to prove it, but it's not like it's not unheard of for young teams to have deep runs.
0: Okay, It's, it's not unheard of. It's unheard of to have three fucking MVPs on your team, Kevin, and I know they weren't MVPs yet, but those guys are literally all first ballot Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Fifteen time all-stars and MVPs. Like, come on. I
1: know, I know. That's I, what's I, rare
0: about I, that.
1: I I think you're I think the guy talking about I think the I think the guy you're underrating most here is Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams, if he weren't sharing the floor with SGA so often, would be a twenty-five plus point per game guy already. He would be. I am I'll I'll say that with full confidence. He would be a twenty-five plus plus point-per-game guy on great efficiency. That guy is awesome. He'd be an all-NBA guy if he weren't sharing the floor so much with a MVP-caliber guy, and he was getting those opportunities. That guy is awesome. Chet already really good. We, like, we, we don't need to rehash this. There'll be plenty of times to talk about Oklahoma City, but I think, I think that to bring it back to their big deadline acquisition – It was smart for Presti to do this because he gives his team a greater chance of actually exceeding those expectations this year while also maintaining all of their future flexibility, actually even increasing their flexibility with that Hayward deal. So Oklahoma City, one of the winners of the deadline for damn sure. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. All right. uh, Milwaukee got Pat Bev. What a big nothing deal this is. I, I don't
0: understand why. Like, he was so ingrained with Philly, though. Like, always pumping up Maxie, always yeah. pumping up Embiid, always, like, <laughs> like, being their little chihuahua, you know, and getting in the mix and getting in people's faces. And, I-, I mean, him having to smooth it over with Damian Lillard is hilarious. Truly hilarious. Because it was just two weeks ago that they were at each other's neck. And, obviously, they're the... Clip that was going around everywhere of Damian Lillard saying "I'll beat your ass," so they got some smoothing over to do with that. But you don't care about that deal at all. You think it's a big nothing?
1: I mean, look for the Sixers' side of things; they could not score anytime. Kevin's going to be floor. in the mix
0: in the playoffs. Kevin, he's going to do something. Yeah, be-
1: Beverly. The, the Sixers couldn't score anytime Beverly was on the floor. Um, I understand moving off from him. Campaign provides better shooting, better ball handling he's a better fit, in my opinion. He's not a dog like Patrick Beverly. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, I think it's a better fit for them, and it's also a better fit for the Bucks. They they get a dog on their team, they get a better point of attack defender who can provide some energy. The concern I'd have for the Bucs side of things is that Doc Rivers sure as hell does love playing veteran players. This is just another guy playing ahead oh, of Andre fully. Jackson, who's better than Patrick Beverly already, uh, like in terms of talent level. Beverly's just more proven, more experienced. Uh, but I, I hope Doc eventually gives Andre Jackson some opportunities. I think he's fully deserving of them. How about the Suns? Add Royce O'Neal. I saw you liked that deal.
0: And then they added uh, our buddy David Roddy from Memphis in another deal. So they added some uh, some wings there to go along with uh, Booker, KD, and Beal.
1: I like the Royce O'Neal acquisition. He's, a, he's an upgrade It's kind of a good consolidation trade for them, and they keep Nasir Little as well. Um, But Royce O'Neal, he's a solid three-point shooter. He's very good at attacking closeouts. He, you know, hopefully he can get closer to what he was defensively in Utah as a solid overall defender. He's not great. He's not a stopper by any means. I don't think defense really matters for the Suns at all. They just wanted the better fit offensively. I think I'm sure Vogel will talk about the defense. O'Neal provides. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's it's about optimizing that offense and further increasing their efficiency on that end of the floor, creating more half court defensive opportunities. The more you score, um, and I think Maurice O'Neal helps fit as a as a glue guy in that situation. And with David Roddy, do you think he, do you think he does add something defensively to that team? Because shooting wise, that is not panned out for him he's a solid smart player but he's not a shooter by any means but defensively does he no no you don't think so i've
0: been super disappointed with the shooting because no 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 i do think like i think he's again a dog a guy that's gonna play hard a guy that's gonna take every assignment he gets you know super seriously a guy that's gonna crash the boards i think i think he's actually good to augment stars Mm-hmm. You know, I it, we talk about guys like having to be connectors in the league. I think that his situation, not unlike probably the Grant Williams one or the Jay Crowder one we talked about before, which is, you know, a place like Memphis is built for drive in, touch the paint, kick it out to threes, right? That's how you're going to, that's how you're going to exist around John Morant. And it's like, and, and I wish he could have turned into a guy that You kick it out, and he gets that butt-naked three and nails it. But he doesn't. He misses it, and he misses all of them, like, routinely. And I do think that in Phoenix, you don't have to do any shooting. You don't have to be the one shooting the ball, right? You go, and you set the screens, and you dive to the basket, and you do the dirty work, and you take some kind of assignment. Um, The guy's always got to play hard. The guy's always got to play with energy. And I hope that, you know, he started hitching on his shot this year. We've seen this happen, and I know you're you're big on noticing this. Um, it started in summer league this year, and he just couldn't make a shot, and he's got this hitch in it now. And this guy was a great, great scorer in college. But hard-nosed player, great teammate, and I hope he can get the shot figured out so he can, you know, fulfill his destiny because it's just hard to be a wing in the NBA that's not reliably knocking down threes. I do think on that team, though, the shots aren't a problem. So you just got to do all the dirty work. You got to go in there and be like Royce O'Neal. And you got to do all that other stuff. Um, And I do think he'll do whatever's asked of him. I don't think he's going to be. Um, you know, the other guy that Memphis moved, and I talked to you about him yesterday, is Xavier Tillman. I think he will help Boston. I do. Uh he again not a guy that's going to bury a bunch of threes and I but it, Celtics take fifty threes. you know. He it's not like <laughs> he can't <laughs> make them. He can <laughs> make, some, some, he some can make some of them. Celtics don't need any more
1: three-point shooters.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Just but like he um he'd been called into action a couple different times uh and even has started playoff games and is a really good defender, another good connector kind of guy. And I think there's guys in the league that can play 12 minutes and be productive. They'll go in there and they get you four points and they'll grab you three rebounds and they get you a steal and they may help you change momentum a little bit, get you a block, something like that. And and then there's some guys, that if you give them eight to 12 minutes, they can't do shit. And then, but if you give them, 25, 30 minutes, then they like actually produce something. They get in the flow of the game or whatever. Like he's the kind of guy that no matter when you put him in, he will go in and produce. Like he's ready to play at all times and will go in and affect something. You will notice him when he gets in the game. He'll do something. Whether it's a rebound, block, a steal, a pass, something. Um and they needed more size. They needed more you know, uh, especially, you know, uh, Porzingis and Horford insurance, right? So I actually really liked that deal for Boston. I think Tillman will help them. I do.
1: Tillman's a, like another tool for Joe Missoula to use in certain situations. He can be a Horford backup. He can be that switchable, versatile defender that they need. And or so they can turn their cornet if they need a shooter, or they can turn to uh, you know Keta if they want the rebounding and rim protection. They have different guys uh, as backups behind Horford and Porzingis to give them different looks depending on the situation. I'm trying to look and see if there's anything we're going to get yelled at. Kelly Olynyk, Kelly uh, Olynyk to the Raptors. That's one. Kelly Olynyk and Igbaji to the Raptors. For they're going to yell about. People
0: are going to say, "Why didn't you talk about the Olynyk
1: deal?" Somebody's going to say that. Really. Yeah, I mean, I think this this one's an interesting deal because the Raptors gave up a first round pick for a thirty two, soon to be thirty three year old center that's going to be a free agent and Egboji, who has not been good uh, offensively for the Jazz. He's a you know he's a hustling defender. He brings solid defense, especially in transition, but offensively he hasn't panned out. And I think for the Raptors, it's an interesting deal in the sense that it touches on the quality of the draft. They didn't want multiple first round draft picks this year. So I look at it like they're kicking the can forward in terms of value in the sense that they probably hope that they can get something more out of Igbaji that they maybe feel they can fix him offensively. And then with Olenek, he's from Canada. Um, sure, they feel some level of confidence he'll want to re-sign with the Raptors and, and you know sign a contract there. And maybe Kelly Olenek could t- continue to maintain his value as a guy who could eventually net them a late first or an early second retaining the value of this 2024 first that they're giving up so i i, I i'm not saying that it's a a deal without risk for the Raptors. or Lennick could leave akbaji could end up busting and that 2024 pick could end up turning into a really good player um but i get it from toronto's ex- uh perspective to do that and for danny ainge and the jazz really? side of things yeah i do get it from you don't you don't like it from the toronto side at all They did this shit with, they did it with Yaka Portal last
0: year. Like, what are you doing giving up picks for these centers that don't move the needle? I know,
1: but they already have a pick in the top 20. They might retain their own first, depending on where it goes. Uh, It's top six protected going to San Antonio. Like, do you want three first round draft picks this year? Probably you don't want three. You still have one or two. You don't have to
0: exercise all of them uh, tomorrow. Of course not. You can get to the draft and still move stuff
1: is well, a I, solid I player, don't. man. And Akbaji has he is. has shown plenty defensively. He just hasn't panned out off offensively.
0: Yo, if Danny Ainge is trading me him, I don't
1: want him. Danny Ainge just gotta look at him. It's not like Danny hasn't been wrong though. Danny's been wrong too. Everybody's every everybody's been wrong. Is there somebody that Danny Ainge traded away that it came back to bite him that I don't remember? Yeah, Kendrick Perkins for Jeff Green. Okay.
0: All right. It's a good one. Jeff Green was it's kind of weird. I think he he's still playing, isn't he? I think Jeff Green yeah, is a for the
1: Rockets. <laughs> still, he just won a championship yeah. with the Nuggets. He's still playing. <laughs> yeah. So was he wrong? It <laughs> was it well, was wrong at the time. It was wrong at the time considering, you know, injuries happened at their center rotation and they really could have used perk. Um but right. that, that that deal always comes to mind first for the mistakes. He offered four first-round draft picks. That's the picks. one that came back to haunt you.
0: Really? I mean, I don't know. Uh, he important. he
1: offered four first-round draft picks to go get Justice Winslow. The deal didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes like it's him. the deals
0: he do not make. I'm not saying he's infallible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying if he looked at this guy and then is like willing to get rid of him already, I'd be worried. Like, why doesn't
1: he want him? Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. But sometimes you know you're giving up. Like, like Baji's only. 23 right now. He turns 24 in April on 420. Um, just looked up his birthday. He's a little bit older. I'm sure on, on Danny's side of things, he might still think Igbaje can turn into a good player. But he'd rather have the draft pick and the versatility on draft night. Maybe there's somebody he has his eye on come June. And, and he bear- wants that he versatility. He didn't
0: pick him. He, tra- he was part of a trade, but he didn't pick him. So he's not married to that talent evaluation. That you sometimes can be where you just want to keep believing in the guy that you originally evaluated. So he was part of that Cleveland deal, right? They picked yeah. him. If I'm not mistaken.
1: What was the date of that trade, though?
0: Uh, that was. What? That
1: was the. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That, that was, was September. The, uh, so the, yeah. Yeah. He, he wasn't. He wasn't. Marketing it wasn't deal, right? You're right. Yeah, yeah, it was the marketing deal, but I was just—I forgot the date of the the deal that actually happened. The draft obviously is in June. The trade happened on, yeah. on September first, so not like it, it's not like it yeah. was a draft night deal where he dictated who was being selected.
0: Yeah, so he just—that was a Cavs pick back then. All right, yep. I
1: think we pretty much yep.
0: covered every trade deal. This trade deadline stunk, Kevin.
1: I know it, it really did. did. Monty Morris to to Minnesota. Yes, fine. And right, that gives Fine, him a backup right?
0: guard. Gives him a backup Dinwiddie's guard. Dinwiddie's
1: going to be waived because Schroeder and Thad Young went to the Nets. It's Dinwiddie to the Raptors. Dinwiddie, maybe he signs with the Lakers. Utawananabe going to the Grizzlies. I, I was right about him. I told you during the offseason, I didn't buy his three point jumper. That was spot on. This is a homecoming, dude. Jaden Springer to the Celtics. That's an interesting one for the Sixers. an wait,
0: What? A big welcome back video, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that'll be nice. He's coming a back. Get, uh, home. A little silver. A water for the second coming half. back to
0: where it all began. <laughs> I've got to go. I, I'm going over to the arena tonight because I'm going to watch the Grizzlies play against the Bulls. and I'm going to go find a Bulls executive. And I'm going to tell him Kevin O'Connor said, you guys, you guys are disgusting. They are. You're absolutely
1: disgusting. It's, it's not even I, like if I were, if I were Arturus, A.K. their GM, I, I'd, I'd quit. I'd rather be an assistant somewhere else than run that team. You might, you know, like you're not in a situation where you're empowered to make the moves that you think are best for the franchise. The Risendorfs, they're the problem. They're fine with mediocrity. The Reisendorfs are the people dictating all like we're not trading the Ellis Caruso for multiple first round draft picks and Moses Moody. Uh, They're the ones unwilling to move DeMar DeRozan, who's a free agent in a handful of months. They're the ones trading, you know, Wendell Carter in a future first that turns into Franz Wagner to go get Nikola Vucevic. They're the the people that want to be mediocre and just sell a couple first-round playoff tickets. But you're not even good enough to make the playoffs. That's the problem. It's the Reisendorfs. So if I were AK, I'd quit and go work somewhere else.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you think he is? Don't we? he hasn't made a trade? What did What did Zach Graham put up in thirty months? By the way, it's it's Reinsdorf,
1: the Rindsdorf. I was like, what? I don't know. I don't but know. I, he hasn't I, I don't know a trade. How to Pronounce anything, dude. But <laughs> my, my, my <laughs> well mine end, end the, fight the same way. You just <laughs> destroyed the guy's <laughs> legacy. The Rindsdorf, <laughs> Jerry
0: Reinsdorf is like, is he talking about me? <laughs> Why does he hate me so much?
1: The <laughs> Rysendorfs.
0: The friggin' Rysendorfs. Jerry Reisendorf, I hope you're listening to this. He'd be like, who is this guy talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably reading uh, his Bible from the Book of Galatians. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what is Galatians anyway? <laughs> All
0: right. All right. Well, this was a dud of a trade deadline. I certainly wish we were talking about more things that were going to move the needle. Big winners: Knicks, Mavs. uh, Maybe some of these other (laughs) stuffs will show up. You know, Kevin thinks it's a sneaky, really good move for Gordon Hayward uh, with Oklahoma City. And then what? I guess big losers are uh, the rising dwarfs and (laughs) what Lake.
1: And Galatians Lakers and Galatians. warriors who have
0: two of the uh, the Lakers warriors two of the greatest players in the history of the world, neither of which uh properly equipped them for battle when it comes to playoff time is that fair that's yeah. who you started off by being disappointed with
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: it does suck that they don't have the goods Curry or LeBron probably don't, don't not probably do not have the goods to be able to go and compete at the highest level. With it's really
1: crazy at their age it's too bad yeah
0: all right kevin it's always a pleasure thank you to our executive producer jesse lopez as always
1: and i will talk to you next week have a good night chris enjoy the game pulls our ass Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to five three three four two. In Connecticut, call one 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit kansas dot gamblinghelp.com. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. In Wyoming, call one 800 4700 Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org. I'll call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY.